Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. And tonight, as an advocate, I'd like to introduce you to Man, first Kofi, now Big E. Hi, uh, WWE headquarters. You're not doing the King of the Ring tournament next year, are you? Uh, uh, Brock's in it. Oh. Somebody protect Xavier Woods. Ladies, gentlemen, and lady gentlemen, my fictional friends, welcome back to this new and exciting episode of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast. The podcast where I pitch to you wrestling storylines from the good to the bad to the damn right insane. My name is Connor and this has been a long time coming, ladies and gentlemen. We are finally talking about the Beast Incarnate. The man who ruined all of my bookings the week before I planned this when he won the WWE Championship. We're talking about Brock Lesnar, a guy who has honestly run roughshod over the WWE main event scene for over a decade now since his return back in 2012, if I'm misremembering things. A very controversial figure I feel in the world of wrestling, though he's had a slight turn up ever since he became... Viking Brock Lesnar with the big beard and he started to have fun with his character. It's been a weird journey for Brock Lesnar and we're in a point where it feels like he's having matches with Roman Reigns again and again and again and again and it, and it begs the question as I feel it does for anybody who has had so much time in the main event scene when is it time for Brock to retire. And I know that's a mystery for everybody. He could maybe even go on for another half a decade for all we know. Because his part-time schedule, the amount of money he gets from WWE, it's an entire mystery. But when it does happen, it's going to be a big deal. And I feel like we could be closer to it than we would initially think. Given the time he's wrestling, given the people who he's working with... I reckon they may want to bring him out with a bang. And I feel, what better way to present it than to give you my own interpretation. So, first of all, before we get into this, I want to say this is not an original idea. I 100% took this from WrestleTalk, Parts for Unknown, their whole fantasy booking warfare between, like, Luke and Denise Salcedo. So, uh, go watch that first, maybe, if you want to do that, then go on to mine. That's just a recommendation. And maybe you want to decide which one's better. I don't know. Maybe you do. I'm just a guy giving a random wrestling opinion on the internet. So, with that out of the way, timestamps will be in the description of this podcast. If you like what I do here, maybe send a subscribe. Maybe, if you're on Spotify, leave a five-star rating. Because they do that now. And that's kind of neat. That That's cool for me. Maybe that's cool for you. Maybe that's, maybe that's something else. I'm going to stop talking about that. And with that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about what Brock has been doing since his return back in 2012 in about four minutes. So, Brock's been a very busy boy since he came back in 2012, so... After leaving WWE in 2004 at WrestleMania 20, he would go on to have a successful UFC career before returning to the WWE. Yes, we're ignoring the football thing. During this period, he would begin his very opening feud with John Cena at Extreme Rules, where he lost. This would eventually transition him into a big, monumental feud with Triple H, which would last for several months, where he would defeat him on numerous occasions before losing at WrestleMania. Okay, maybe things aren't looking super great for Brock, but he does eventually get his win back at Extreme Rules against Triple H, after a feud that felt like it lasted way too long. But anyways, 
This would eventually transition him into the feud with CM Punk where he would eventually defeat him at SummerSlam and where he would get a couple on and off appearances vying for the world title. This would all eventually culminate into, we all know the moment. Do we, do we need to explain it? How Brock Lesnar beat Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania and became the man 21 and 1. And eventually, from this said appearance, would go on to challenge John Cena at SummerSlam in 2014, where he would capture the WWE Championship in a matter of moments after suplexing Cena in incredibly dominant fashion. He would eventually have on and off again defenses against the likes of Rollins and John Cena until he would eventually drop the belt at WrestleMania in a triple threat match between Roman Reigns and the eventual Money in the Bank cash-in of Seth Rollins. He would make a couple notable returns from this point, having matches against the likes of Kofi Kingston. Yes, remember that happened at Beast in the East. Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania, and various others until he would eventually find himself in a feud with Randy Orton and then Goldberg. Jesus Christ, the Goldberg stuff, where he would lose in a matter of seconds in the main event of Survivor Series. He would eventually enter the Royal Rumble, yet be unsuccessful, until he would eventually capture the WWE Universal Championship against said Goldberg in the, one of the WrestleMania main events. He would eventually find himself in a various other champion versus championship matches in the build to various other pay-per-views, where he would defend the Universal Championship against the likes of Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, and eventual title winner Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns would eventually have to relinquish the title, resulting in Brock Lesnar reclaiming the belt at Crown Jewel, where he would eventually hold the belt all the way up until WrestleMania, where he would lose it to Seth Rollins. But hold your horses there, people! You might be thinking, oh, that's a little bit too long for Lesnar to not hold a belt, which is why he cashes in the Money in the Bank briefcase, which he wasn't even in the match for, to capture the Universal Championship against Seth Rollins. He would eventually drop the belt the next month at SummerSlam, and then he would be on a little bit of a hiatus till SmackDown came to Fox, where he would eventually capture the WWE Championship from Kofi Kingston, holding and defending the title all the way up until WrestleMania again, where he would drop it to Drew McIntyre. Brock would eventually return at SummerSlam, where he would confront Roman Reigns with his Viking look, attempting to capture the Universal Championship at Crown Jewel, but was unsuccessful, leading into day one, where he was scheduled to face Roman Reigns, but COVID happened, then day one, then Lesnar beat Big E and Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Lashley to claim the WWE Championship again. A 20-year difference from SummerSlam. The New Day just can't catch a break with this man. By God. <laughs> like, first Beast in the East, then Fox, then Day One, where he wasn't even scheduled to be in the match. Lesnar has been a WWE cash cow, a semi-proven ratings draw for the company, one of the last big main attractions for WWE. And ultimately... Kind of one of WWE's biggest draws right now. To a point where it's very rare for him to not face people outside of a certain circle. The kind of main event to upper mid-card who could potentially head into the main event. Like, you do get a couple of notable exceptions where he does have clashes with the guys like R-Truth and 3MB. But ultimately... Brock's presence as a main attraction has always constantly been protected. Which is why it'd be interesting to see where he could potentially go from here after another match with Roman Reigns. I know I, know I skipped a couple big notable matches, but it's been a large portion Roman Reigns. And uh, Seth Rollins, I think, second most. Aside from the big Triple H stuff and Cena. So kind of four big main guys with a couple notable exceptions, like Drew, Ambrose, uh, he didn't have a match with Owens, but I feel like he should have. And various other talents who didn't quite elevate themselves up the card. So, with that, we've got ourselves in a very interesting position for a retirement angle. Like, what do you do with your main attraction and have him retire that doesn't involve a world title? But we'll get into that as we head into a little segment I like to call the tagline. So, 
For those of you who are unaware what the tagline is in the world of wrestling with fiction, the tagline is basically my summary and plan to do with said wrestler or maybe even fictional character of the week. Think of it like a summary that you'd see if you're scrolling through Netflix, if you're going through Crunchyroll like myself, or when you're questioning why on earth did we not get a Hurricane comic book? Like really? Is it just me? Like 2004 WWE marketing machine thing? Why, why, why did we not get a Hurricane comic book? Why, why was this not a thing? You have WWE comic books. You have those things that existed. You have a legitimate superhero. Why, why did this not exist? Why? Why? Ultimate Warrior got one. It wasn't great, but he got one. And I know it wasn't his own thing, but WWE, come on. You had WWE Studios before you made a comic book. Come on, do it. Make make us a hurricane series. That's all I ask. So, <laughs> with that out of the way, I guess that's kind of a plug. Fictional friends, please allow me. Give give me your energy, as I attempt to summarize what I plan to do with Brock Lesnar. So, please cue the music, future me. Okay, so the first thing that we need to get out of the way is that we're gonna have to keep Brock in the main event picture throughout this entire booking. That is the first hurdle that we must come across because Brock is very much, if you wanna make a reference, cause Wrestle Kingdom just recently happened at the time of this recording, he's very much like Okada in the sense that he is synonymous with the top title. You can't put him in an icy title match. The look, the size, his overall demeanor, the way he's treated, you can't get around that he is a main event player in the company. But that doesn't mean that we can't put him in high profile feuds that can relate to the title, but not necessarily be for the belt. The second question is, who is the guy that you have to retire the beast? Now, I'm not going to spoil who it is, but my big complaint with other bookings that have been presented with this idea is that they've all presented a similar figure to win and say retire him. And that's Roman Reigns. Maybe this is just me personally, but Roman Reigns doesn't need to retire Brock Lesnar. It feels unnecessary considering he's one of the few people who's beaten The Undertaker. You present him as the quote-unquote top guy of the company. There is no benefit to Roman Reigns beating Brock Lesnar. I know you've got the dynamic with Heyman and Lesnar, which is a whole thing we're going to be touching on in this booking, but I don't think he's the guy to deliver the final match and the nail in the coffin for Lesnar. He'll certainly be a factor, but he's not going to be the guy because it doesn't benefit him. In the same way that it could benefit another guy who has beaten Lesnar, like a, a Drew McIntyre, a Seth Rollins, maybe even, if the roles were reversed, a Dean Ambrose, if he won at WrestleMania 32. There's, there's a lot of stuff with Brock that you need to think about when you're trying to book him. The fact that he's already presented as this big, unstoppable force, and that you kind of need various other things to roll into place to make him vulnerable. Especially since he's kind of your big top monster babyface right now. And with that in mind, my, my tagline for him is very simple. My tagline for this week for Brock is... Having conquered the world of wrestling for over two decades, a beast incarnate discovers that every animal has a lifeline as he faces opponents younger, fresher, and more able than himself. Because Brock is on a lifeline. If we've seen anything from his performances at the Royal Rumble, he's great for very short, fast bursts that you'd see in a WWE game. And honestly, that is the big strength of Brock Lesnar in modern wrestling, is that when you're in a Brock Lesnar match, not like any other match in WWE. So that's really the focus of Brock. That is the ultimate thing for Lesnar, is that his time is running out 
and his time on top is slowly but surely coming to an end. How shortly, you may ask? Well, that's for me to decide, as I dive into my own booking of Brock Lesnar. So, the beginning of this act was kind of broken up a bit because, uh, Brock just decided to win another world title at day one. So, fortunately for me though, the booking of it worked quite well. Him winning the title, him being reunited with Paul Heyman like their buddy buddy to further the triangle between him and Roman Reigns, the whole thing of acknowledge me and Paul Heyman kind of being the middleman. That's all very good as we begin our story at the Royal Rumble. So as already advertised, we're getting Brock versus Lashley. The dream match that I can't really remember people having, but that was kind of the thing that Lashley initially wanted to do when he came in. So good for Lashley. And how do we start this, you may ask? Well, the same way that every good Brock Lesnar match should start, by him getting speared by Lashley. The commentators go over that holy S-word, it's the repeat to the Goldberg finish at Survivor Series. Is this the crutch for Lesnar? One, two, Lesnar kicks out at two and a half, it's an incredibly close near fall. And in a match that will probably last less than ten minutes, we get this absolute, almost WWE, finishes on type of moment. Brock going for the F5 that's counted into a hurt lock. Lesnar quickly rushing to the ropes to try and get out of the hurt lock because he can't physically get out to play off of the day one match where it took help for him to escape. Lesnar quickly trying to hit a spear of his own to counter Bobby Lashley that only gets a barely like close near fall until we get a F5 from Lesnar that inadvertently knocks out the referee providing just enough of a distraction as Heyman looks on as Roman Reigns comes out and spears Brock Lesnar, not once, but twice, leaving him vulnerable enough to have the hurt lock delivered by Lashley, eventually leading to, as the referee recovers, and Heyman, being indecisive on who to cheer for, is completely impartial as Brock Lesnar passes out to the hurt lock. Not taps, he passes out allowing Lashley to win the WWE Championship in a matter of moments. Setting up him for WrestleMania and Lesnar absolutely pissed off. We eventually get to the Royal Rumble on the very same night where Brock still attempts to head into the Rumble, but Roman, having successfully defended the title against Seth Rollins, continues to assault help Brock along with the Usos, leaving him thrown off of the stage and out for several weeks because we know Lesnar's got that part-time work, brother, brother. <laughs> and it's during this that Roman, that in the very next episode of SmackDown, says that nobody can step up to the Tribal Chief. No fan, no wrestlers, and especially no beasts. So he dares anyone to be a needle mover and take this championship away from his family, his table, and acknowledge him as the tribal chief. So he dares somebody to come out. He dares for somebody to challenge him for the Universal Championship, and some of you might be expecting a Brock Lesnar here. Heyman, of course, imploring somebody to come out and dare him to face Roman Reigns. But Brock doesn't come out. Instead, it's a debuting Braun Breaker. More on that in, like, several bits later, but... Braun Breaker comes out. At this point, Heyman interrupts, saying, allow me to interject, Roman. The these people may not know who he is, but I sure as hell do. You're Rick's kid, ain't ya? One of the youngest, brightest genetic freaks in this entire company? But allow me to heed you with a warning, Mr. Breaker, because... I am aware of your family's issues with mathematics. The bloodline has slain wrestlers, conquerors, and recently beasts. Don't be as stupid as to think a genetic freak can't be added to that list. 
Brawn immediately tackles down the tribal chief as the Usos try to restrain him, but are quickly powered out as Brawn, after getting a cheap shot, exits the ring. It's set up in several weeks' time that Brawn Breaker will take on Roman Reigns in a very special Universal Championship match. Sorry, Championship Contenders match. I, I got ahead of myself here. As we get several promos back and forth with Reigns saying, how dare this person dare to disrespect the Tribal Chief as others have tried before. Can you believe that somebody would dare to believe that they can conquer the Tribal Chief? And Heyman very quietly interjects that others have a certain beast incarnate that I guarantee you would not stay down from a simple strike as what he delivered. Roman looks on, upset, angry, but then just gives a little smirk as the Usos stand behind Paul Heyman, the chief counselor of the tribal chief. As we head into a match between Braun Breaker and Roman Reigns, once again, Paul Heyman sits at ringside, attempting to console the Tribal Chief whenever needed. It's at this point that in the midway of the match, where it looks like Reigns is about to score a big victory on this young up-and-coming talent, that Brock Lesnar's music hits. Once again, Paul Heyman does not interject at all, despite the Usos imploring him to give them orders since Roman is too preoccupied with Braun Breaker. Heyman simply walks away and he leads the chaos to happen on its own. Lesnar trying to take out various members of the Usos and quickly chasing after Roman Reigns, leading to a very quick little stare down between Braun and Brock Lesnar, where Braun not taking this BS that Lesnar came in to interfere in his big moment, pushes Brock, in which Brock quickly smiles. He says, I like you, kid. As he quickly gets out of the ring to chase after Roman Reigns, the man who has been a fawn on his side since WrestleMania 31. It's at this point that we continue on to this, and it's eventually built up that on the road to WrestleMania, we will get a very special number one contenders match at Fastlane, including Brock Lesnar, Braun Breaker, Drew McIntyre, Cesaro, Ali, and Happy Corbin. It's a very quick, fast-paced match, very akin to day one, very akin to various other Brock Lesnar matches where the strategy is simple. Take out Brock Lesnar, because he's the biggest threat. Immediately at the opening bell, Drew hits a Claymore on Brock Lesnar, knocking him out of the ring. Probably one of the most protective moves against Lesnar. As the match goes on in shoe, we have Cesaro performing a couple of very high noticeable power spots. Ali doing a lot of his very sort of tactical offense as he's recently turned heel. And Braun Breaker showcasing his power in every other situation possible. Maybe even doing a dual swing off with Cesaro with Happy Corbin and Ali in tow. This all culminating in a very quick and decisive thing where it looks as if Braun Breaker is going to tap out Lesnar in the Steiner recliner before it's broken up by Happy Corbin. Happy Corbin celebrates a little bit too early setting up for the end of days which is quickly countered into an F5 from Brock Lesnar eventually scoring him the victory and a ticket to Wrestlemania. Now in the build-up to Wrestlemania it is very much established that these two cannot stay in the same room. Lesnar and Roman are very much at each other's throats to a point where Heyman is confronting them on various other segments throughout each episode of SmackDown. Getting segments where he's confronting Brock and saying the dangers of Roman Reigns and how he could potentially have his number. He's one of the only few people in WWE history since his comeback to beat Brock not once, but twice, but three times, he goes over to Roman Reigns. He gives the same sort of signal. But Roman attempts to sort of do what he's been doing for a lot of his run since becoming the Tribal Chief, gaslighting Paul Heyman to say that he didn't hire him to give him facts. He hired him to give him results. It is concluded at this point by Adam Pearce that this match cannot go on as a traditional singles match. Thus, it has been made in a very special contract signing segment in the final week of WrestleMania that it will be a I Quit match. 
in which a very special stipulation has been added into the contract, with Paul Heyman being an impartial special enforcer of the match, being able to throw in the towel for either of the competitors, either Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar, due to his connection of the two. It's during this that Lesnar, in his final words, goes off about how in the UFC he never uttered those words, I quit. Whereas Roman has been handed rewards for simply existing throughout his entire career. He continues saying that in two decades he has mauled the real head of the table and at Mania his self-entitled cousin will once again be no exception. Reigns retorts saying that he has defended the did the title against the Beast multiple times. This challenge makes no difference, except this time, the victory will stick. It will be definitive, because if Brock quits, the whole WWE Universe will know that there is no Beast in this ring. It's just another human being, whose body is now slowly giving out. Heyman remains silent, being the middleman he's been throughout the several weeks of build-up to WrestleMania, passing the contract over to both Lesnar and Reigns to relieve the tension. Neither man lays hands on each other until the WrestleMania main event. And so we have reached the WrestleMania main event. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Third time is the charm, I guess. Brock Lesnar can't even simply make his own entrance into WrestleMania without being attacked by the Usos before the opening bell begins. Brock Lesnar quickly isolates the pair, eventually hitting, a la on the old ruthless aggression days, F5s to both Jimmy and Jay towards the steel posts, essentially getting rid of them for the real main event. Roman attempts to repeat the luck of Lashley and Goldberg as he goes for a spear at the opening bell, but Brock, being the calculated main event that he's been for the past decade, quickly leapfrogs over Reigns, hitting him his shoulder into the steel post. Lesnar is in almost complete control at the opening bell. It feels very reminiscent to Mania 31, where Lesnar coined the phrase, Suplex City, bitch allowing him to get enough momentum to quickly isolate Reigns to a point where he just wouldn't quit. Reigns quickly is able to recover from this, however, after Brock goes for an attempted F5, which Reigns quickly gets out of the way and delivers a spear. A spear that has been known to really be a stifling move in the career of Brock Lesnar. Lesnar gets up quickly and receives another spear. And then another spear. And then another spear. Lesnar is wobbling. All these spears have been taking him out, but it hasn't led him to quit. Lesnar isn't the type of guy to quit. He's been UFC octagons, where he's been in way worse situations than what has been delivered by Roman Reigns. And so, it gets just a little bit more serious. Reigns grabs out from the bottom of the ring some barbed wire to wrap around his gauntlet to hit several Superman punches. Lesnar is bloody, battered, and dazed. But despite this, Lesnar continues to fight. Reigns gets a little bit overzealous and goes for another spear that Lesnar is able to counter into more German suplexes. Lesnar keeps going for it again and again and again, to a point where the audience is once again counting as many and many other times prior, until all of a sudden he goes for one more German suplex, and his legs give out. All of a sudden, the morality begins to set in for Lesnar. This beast persona begins to crumble just a bit, as he still attempts to get to his feet, grabbing the ropes, until eventually he gets and rolls out of the ring for for Reigns to hit another spear through the barricade, but Lesnar does not quit. It's at this point that Lesnar struggles to get back into the ring as Reigns looks over to Heyman to say, finish it. It's at this point that Lesnar gets back into the ring, Reigns goes for another spear that Lesnar locks in a Kimura from out of nowhere, but once again, He's not strong enough to maintain the hold after having so much blood loss, after having so many spears to the abdomen that has 
probably reawaken some of the various other injuries he's had throughout his entire career. Allowing Roman to hit in a guillotine that he holds in for not one minute, not two minutes, three, four, five. It keeps going on. There are moments in it where it looks like Lesnar is able to power out as he gets to his feet. But Reigns continues to hold him down. As Paul Heyman looks on. And he throws in the towel for Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar lays in the ring. Defeated. Battered. Not really being pinned or submitted. But being thrown out by his own advocate. Roman Reigns is still the Universal Champion. But this war is far from over. So to say that Lesnar is in a good mood after WrestleMania would be a bit of an understatement. Lesnar is absolutely pissed. <laughs> he did not quit. He did not submit. Someone threw in the towel for him. He's pissed off at Heyman. But he's been through this before. Remember the times where Heyman betrayed him for the big show and the other times with him? Lesnar has seen this happen before, but that doesn't mean that his outrage won't be the same because on SmackDown, the night after Mania, he goes on an absolute rampage, throwing out insert talent here, some people in your 24-7 division, your R-Truths, maybe even throwing, <laughs> throwing Reginald through a wall like what he did with Matt Hardy. I quite like that. <laughs> Him doing that, essentially destroying a lot of this roster to a point where Adam Pearce is absolutely annoyed. He's frustrated. And Lesnar keeps doing this throughout the night until he's confronted by none other than Braun Breaker. Braun, still kind of pissed that he interrupted his big match with Roman Reigns, is demanding that he stops. And if he has a problem with what happened, he can deal with him. And so it's set up that... In two weeks' time, we're going to get Braun Breaker versus Brock Lesnar on a very special episode of SmackDown. And it's during this that Lesnar still continues his outrage. And Heyman gives some extra orders because he realizes that Brock is on an absolute tear. He, he tries to apologize to Brock in whatever way he can. He was doing what he thought was right. He is still an advocate for Brock Lesnar but he feels that his time is slowly coming to an end, to a point where he says that a beast can only slay for so long until he becomes slayed himself. And so at this point, he demands, he puts out an order, a notice for anyone in the WWE roster. If they can restrain the beast, they'll be gifted a very special encounter a match of some kind with the tribal chief and so it's through this and the next week where we get a bounty put on Brock Lesnar various members of the WWE roster old and young maybe even get some rare NXT people like Carmelo Hayes come in and attempt to stop the beast this happens throughout the entire night until eventually we get another stare down between Brock and Braun Breaker in which Brock dares Braun to strike him down because he knows that he is a wanted man. Braun, he simply smiles, he pats him on the shoulder, he says, I'll do that next week. As we head to the next week on SmackDown, it is Braun Breaker versus Brock Lesnar. The match is about to get underway until a hooded figure with a kendo stick assaults Brock Lesnar. He starts attacking him again and again and again until we see him set him up for a powerbomb and hit him on the hardest part of the ring. You know what it is, the apron, where it's revealed to be none other than Kevin Owens. The next week, Kevin Owens explains what he did. He says that whilst he doesn't always agree with Paul Heyman, he has quite a dislike for Reigns. He has an issue with Brock Lesnar. In one night, he was able to steal away something that he had been working for several years of his career. 
a chance to hold the WWE Championship. Something that can guarantee him and his family money to provide for his wife and kids. Lesnar took that away from him. And if that means he has to side with a guy like Roman Reigns, a tribal chief, then he will do what is needed to be done. He will do it so that he can guarantee himself to be Universal Champion. And so, at this point, Reigns and Owens are kind of in an on and off again alliance to guarantee that Owens gets a shot at the Universal Championship, culminating in a tag team match between Braun Breaker and a partner of his choosing against Reigns and Kevin Owens. Now, of course, this match doesn't really go on, does it? It's too big of a match because who turns up? None other than Brock Lesnar, who, of course, tries to attack Kevin Owens and, of course, chases him out of the ring, building up to a match at Extreme Rules. Kevin Owens versus Brock Lesnar, the winner getting a shot at Roman Reigns' Universal Championship. Also on the card, we have the new replacement for the tag match as that all happens. It quickly gets put into an improvised six-man tag as Roman and the Usos begin assaulting Braun Breaker as Drew McIntyre and Cesaro come in for the save. During this, that whole stuff has happened. Kind of keeping that match going because I don't want to lead something not happening. So anyways, Extreme Rules. Owens versus Lesnar. In the build-up to this, Owens is proving that he can beat Brock Lesnar. He has slain giants. He has slain monsters in this division. People who never expected him to achieve anything in the WWE from his looks, from his size to his weight. He is there to prove that he can be a world champion once again in the WWE. And so this match goes on in a very fast-paced manner. Owens does what he can with chairs and weapons to ward off the beast, but Brock is such a monster that he can only hold it off for so long. Owens keeps fighting eventually until he uses a pair of handcuffs to restrain the beast. Lesnar, still trying to pull himself out of it, still struggles to do so as Owens hits any offense that he can to him there. Drop kicks, cannonballs, steel chairs, anything that he can, ladders, such and such until he gets orders in the Usos to help him out in this aid. It's during this that somehow, some way, the beast awakens within Brock Lesnar through it. He breaks both handcuffs, because you know that's a spot that can work. Where the Usos and Owens are shocked. Paul, he goes over to Paul Heyman, who's also came out to aid the Usos and the kind of tribal council. And he's asking, why don't you do something? Order Roman Reigns to come out. And Heyman just simply smiles in his own way as Lesnar takes out the Usos and eventually hits an F5 on Owens for the one, two, three. Brock Lesnar is once again your number one contender. Paul Heyman looks happy but also terrified. This beast is once again after Roman Reigns. And with it, we are back in another stalemate that we've already seen. I know people may not like to see another Lesnar and Reigns match. But it's what we need to do to lead the story. Brock hasn't quit at this point. Reigns is still your dominant tribal chief. And this beast is still hungry for gold. So in the build up to the very next big pay-per-view, we're going to say it's a SummerSlam. Brock demands another shot of the Universal title, which he's already got. But Heyman says that he can't keep seeing Brock go on like this. He can't keep seeing this clash between him and his councilman go on for much longer. As he adds a certain stipulation to it, he goads Brock into this. Saying that you think you're still the beast incarnate? You think that you're still the conqueror that you once were a decade ago? Then put it up to the task. 
If you can beat the Tribal Chief for the Universal Championship, then well done. Congratulations. You're once again the Beast Incarnate that I've always known you to be. But if you lose, you can no longer challenge for a world title in the world of professional wrestling ever again. Lesnar, he grins. He almost like mounts off, are, are you fucking serious? As he accepts these terms, because, you know, he's fought Reigns so many other times before. He never quit against Reigns. He never lost to Roman Reigns. And so we get another Roman versus Brock match. It's our big time main event. And uh, I might get some hate for this, but screw it. I think this is the way it would go. Reigns goes for a spear. He hits the spear again and again and again. He locks in the guillotine on Lesnar. And Lesnar passes out in mere seconds. Lesnar loses the match in under two minutes. Reigns retains the Universal Championship. And in a culmination from when he beat Cena in seconds with suplex after suplex after suplex, Lesnar is put down in seconds by the second coming of WWE's next big top star. And this whole moment ends at SummerSlam where Paul Heyman, as Reigns is goading him to leave the ring, looks down at his now defeated beast, put down by the tribal chief, and he simply says, it had to be done. And he walks away as Brock, unconscious, is no longer able to challenge for a title that his entire career, entire time in WWE being dubbed the next big thing. The guy who has held world titles across three different decades is unable to challenge for ever again. <laughs> So I think you all know how this goes. Uh, Brock loses a big title match. The cycle repeats. Lesnar is on a bigger rampage than ever. AEW not included. As he goes on, attempts to destroy the entire SmackDown roster. And it's partway through this that Heyman continues to beg Brock to just stop. You don't need to do this anymore. You've made more money than anybody else in this entire company. You have cemented a legacy that is unique to anybody in the history of the WWE. You don't need to do this anymore. I am forever your advocate regardless of what you may think. I am only looking out for you and your career. Brock looks over, still angry, frustrated, even a little hint of denial after believing that he still cannot challenge for the Universal or WWE Championship. He hits Paul Heyman up for an F5, knocks him down, and this eventually leads to Adam Pearce attempting to interrupt bringing in security. Brock beats the living S-word out of all of this security, and even Adam, Adam, Adam Pearson himself and as we come to the next week, Brock is still demanding another shot of the Universal Championship. Even when he can't, he is hijacking episodes of SmackDown. Stuff that's been advertised as having matches with Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. He's getting in the way of all of it, causing his own bit of chaos. Entering when he's not even meant to be in. Hijacking shows by just simply entering through the guardrail and security following suit. He just keeps coming back. He does not know when to quit. And it all comes ahead until Sonya Deville interrupts. And he says that I can give you what you want. 
You want another shot at the Universal Championship? You want another WWE title match? Then I can give you that. There's only one way that you're going to get it. And that's by giving it one more match. Brock Lesnar, I am willing to give you a shot at the WWE Championship or Universal Championship if on the very next week of SmackDown, it will be you in a gauntlet match against some of SmackDown's biggest and brightest stars. And if you take one pinfall, you must retire from the WWE. And this was all orders given from Paul Heyman, the person who knows Brock the most, she continues to say. And with it, we have ourselves Brock's potentially final match. Now that it's impossible for him to face Roman Reigns once again, now it's impossible for him to even go after the WWE title once again, it's him in a gauntlet match in the final hour of SmackDown next week in what can be described as potentially the biggest match of Brock's career to this point. Well, at least in this late end stage of his career. The first opponent, Cesaro, because, uh, why on earth did we not get Cesaro versus Brock Lesnar in the first place? I will never know. It is, of course, a big showcase for Cesaro, a former Paul Heyman guy himself, managing to hit Africa after Africa, managing to swing the beast, but still just not quite able to defeat the beast incarnate. Next, longtime opponent Seth Rollins, athletic dude, guy who's beaten Brock Lesnar on multiple occasions, a guy who could believably retire the Beast at any moment. He is unable to defeat the Beast. Next, Drew McIntyre, a man who has fought this man before, but was just not quite able to defeat the Scottish psychopath Drew McIntyre himself. But he manages to find a way via locking in Drew McIntyre in a Kimura lock and Drew taps immediately to guarantee that he can have a shot at the Universal Championship down the line. Because keep in mind, I didn't quite mention this, but he would be my next guy to face Reigns at this point. That happens. Lesnar by this point, it's been 40 minutes of just non-stop work, taking in as much rest as he can between entrances. He is beaten. He is battered, and we see that sort of beast persona begin to slowly and slowly trickle away as the next person comes in, and it's none other than, I think I've foreshadowed it enough, it's Braun Breaker, a guy ready, genetic freak, monster, walks into the ring. He has this complete dead set staring a hole into Brock Lesnar. He keeps shouting, is this the beast? Is this the beast that I'm supposed to be facing? He's saying, show me the beast. Show me the beast as Lesnar charges in at Braun Breaker. He starts mauling on him. And Braun begins to slowly, but shortly, power himself out. Braun hitting all his trademark moves, power slams, Power bombs, all these big power moves to lift up the big beast himself. Until eventually, he says in his own way that he's going to put the beast down. He locks in the Steiner recliner. Paul Heyman rushes to ringside. He's, he, he can almost see the writing on the wall. And he just says, just do it. He keeps mouthing, just do it, Brock. Just do it. As Brock, looking there, he's struggling. And he, as it looks like he's about to pass out from the pain, he smiles and he looks over to Paul. He says, guess it's my time. And he taps out to Braun Breaker. Braun defeats Brock Lesnar in a very tough gauntlet match that reaches the end of the hour of SmackDown. He walks down out of the ring. He stares a hole into the tribal chief who has quickly followed suit from Paul Heyman. And he puts his hand 
slowly but surely on the Universal Championship, setting up a match down the line as Brock slowly gets to his feet as Paul Heyman does what he can to help him out because he's he's still a counsellor. I don't think he's fully picked a side either way. He sees the benefit in both talents. So he helps him up. Lesnar, beaten, defeated, conquered, some would say. As the entire SmackDown roster comes out, gives him an applause. The commentators put over the hell of a run that Lesnar's been on. As the beast has been conquered. And the next big thing is now the next big headliner for the WWE Hall of Fame. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how I would book Brock Lesnar. What a way to to start the year 2022, am I right? God. <laughs> I, I imagine I might get some controversy here for this booking, because a lot of it involves Roman Reigns kind of helping out in the retirement, but I really wanted it to book a new star. And I, I feel like it was well done. Hopefully. Possibly. Maybe. But th that's for you guys to decide, so... Tell me what you think of this booking. Was it good? Was it bad? Was it the worst thing that you've ever heard? Please tell me, implore me on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok even. I don't know what you want to do. You can tell me on Twitter at Connor the Cooper. You can tell me on Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction. You can even tell me on TikTok under the very same name. And if you're listening on YouTube or on Spotify, or even Apple Podcasts, comment, leave a review, like the video, do whatever you have to do to get the word out there about wrestling with fiction as I try and book some of the weirdest and wackiest storylines out there. And if you enjoyed this, maybe leave a review, maybe leave some positive thoughts wherever you want in the comments, in a review, maybe even give a five-star rating. 2022 is weird. And it's only going to get weirder as more of these bookings come out. So I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to whatever the heck this was. And I hope all of you have a lovely day. And remember everyone, wrestling could always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night everybody. <laughs>